I'll deliver spice from any corner. Midnight Walker, <clears throat> Global Explorer. I'm a finish line crawler, Faculat de Derecho, Tom Sawyer. I'll read the books, guarantee, but rest assured I know the streets coming to you. Not from Sin City LV, unfortunately, but we still gonna give you some unfiltered vitamin Z. What it do is I eat Z I double E Z. Just trying to move from being a product of my generation to producing something in this generation of Z's, unfiltered Z's, vitamin Z's. Stuff that can kick you back out from under your bed like monsters right before you go to sleep. Came to deliver on your needs. Plant your seeds, peace loves I eat. Z I double E Z. If you didn't get it the first time, we start the podcast off dropping some rhymes. Haven't done this shit in a minute. I am in a studio right now. And the thing about studio, it gets my juices flowing. Now, usually some people like to have that separation of, you know, kitchen, living room, all that shit. In the studio, when you get all that shit mixed together, it just means I'm always thinking and doing all that shit at the same time. I'll be taking a shit in the morning. The toilet's so close to the sink, my neck over it. I'll just be brushing my teeth and shitting at the same time. You know what I'm saying? I'll be cooking, watching Netflix, recording this, listening to music, jotting down notes, checking on the laundry, open up my window, looking at the street. And then sitting back down on the couch or the chair, all in the same, you know, arms length radius and shit. Geography plays a very big role in micro and macro um, in relation to agriculture, sustainability, cities, movement, you know, social living, communication, all these types of things. It is, I, I mean, mm-hmm, this shit turns me on like a motherfucker. I'm going to go off on this. But I got some things. I got some things for y'all, especially in relation to the last episode on Short Sweet and uh, in the South. You know, back to some racist shit. And the racism, isms, isms just get me going. Trumpism, communism, capitalism, religions are isms too. You know, all these different things. This ism, what are these fucking things? What do they mean? What are these ideologies that we get swept under and get absorbed in? And it's just crazy. It's just fucking crazy. I don't know if I shared this before, but I had this written down. Let me see. My roommates in whole building tested positive for COVID-19. Somehow I got negative, but best believe been positive for this unfiltered vitamin Z. Better believe your instincts, anxiety, and ADHD in sync. Superpowers. Even when everything clean, I still whiff something that stink. I still catch something in the corner in between blinks. Sometimes the ones that listen the most and stare are actually the ones that least to really care. And the ones most aloof are actually there to defend you with no proof. Because pull it up with my lyrics like it's a heist. Only time I slip my wrist is to flood these streets with the blood of Jesus Christ. I'm blessed all the way down every inch of me. I'm the holy grail like Da Vinci Code. My mom got an excellent nose. She can smell the pussy juice on these hoes. Knew when I skipped showers, could identify every tarpon and every flower. She could smell the boss clone on Zoom. South of France, we went to a factory and how they made perfume. Unfiltered vitamin Z. My mama said I still smell like a baby with angels surrounded me. I take her word for it. She got heightened olfactory. Smell synonym. Gerard to vocabulary. Overdue fees at the library. Get you educated on a budget. But please overspend and get woke. I hope that degree was worth going broke. I'm a brainstorm. You about to get soaked. Pen and paper for your ass to take. No. No. Too easy. 
These rhymes are for you, the world, of course, to please me and in the own way to heal me. Deep down, I always knew pen and paper was the only way to express the real me. Explored all around alone from Bangkok to London. Even the most innocent are subject to judgment. The closest to you can be the most destructive, like friends and maybe some cousins. So many gestures can be so grand, but they've been coming at you with a plan. Pen and paper, keep a simple stupid to make the whole world understand. Pen and paper for love letters. Pen and paper, constitution style, ink and feather. Chinese invented paper, ancient scrolls, no one could do it better. Ink and paper, font style, Tahoma, Verzana, and Cambria. Ink and paper, library style from D.C. to Alexandria. Golden Age of Islam. Coincided with the golden age of Judaism. Baghdad was the center of the world. It was all that. Mongols invaded went all to crap. I don't know if y'all many how many of y'all know that, but at one point the center of the world was the same place this elected politician, the US bombed at the turn of the 21st century. How shit comes back around full circle sometimes. You know what I'm saying? So today I wanted to talk about the third world, which Ironically, I'm going to begin by why that term is actually stupid if you have uh, checked out the book. I mentioned this before, the book Factfulness, 10 Reasons We're Wrong About the World and Why. It's about this Swedish dude looking at so much statistics and shit that's actually like legit and it's been published. But the way it gets branded and the way people continue to think about things about the world and shit is actually wrong. And it's a great book. Um, the author died and I think his kids have to help him uh, release this last book of his but may he rest in peace and it's just yeah like he's been saying that basically the first world third world these time it's type of terms have kind of been outdated since the 90s I, at least I think then he was trying to preach to the World Bank and all these other places to not use those terms and how there is different levels where you have the a billion of the world living in level 5 or level 4 I think if I'm not mistaken I think it's 4 or 5 um, the highest level of society which I mean if, if you live in it, Stockholm, Paris, whatever it's like those people and you got the bottom which could be living in very poor places and then you got levels 2, 3 there's like 2 or 3 levels in the middle uh, where the other 5 billion people get like shuffled around in and that's basically the transitions through life not necessarily one place being so good and one place being so bad and the good place need to help the bad place like the first world and the third world but to use that terminology I guess in a way that people can understand it I think the US is the best third world country like when they're like, you know, compared to other developed countries, why do we keep comparing ourselves to developed countries? Other, no, no, we're not fucking developed. What is developed about us? There's a reason why so many people fucking thrive in this country where it's like all these different animals. It's a, it's a big ass concrete jungle. Take the, you know, micro example in New York City. But that's what it is. It's the best third world country. That's not a functional education or healthcare. It's just all this different shit, all these different options. And it just completely changes depending on you, how you see things and then perceive it. So going back to like assimilation theory and things like this with migration, usually there's a dominant culture people assimilate to. Now, of course, we can't consider the natives in this because of population, but there's two Americans. There's a black and there's a white. Of course, Hispanic, which is the largest growing minority, and there's more Hispanic than there are black. But if we're looking at, and of course, certain parts of the U.S. growing up, and I mean, I've been in, in Florida, Texas, and Vegas. There are definitely going to be some areas where it's almost going to be like being a Latin American country with the stores around you, the type of people, the, the you know, what's being spoken and all the atmosphere and everything is going gonna, is, is, is gonna to be obvious to you that there's a big dominant Hispanic culture. But in terms of what's getting broadcasted to the world and what is the sort of, how do I explain this? A soft power to U.S. because what's shifting around through Hollywood and messages is black and white more i think in my experience more international people are more familiar with black and white subculture than they are with a hispanic subculture but usually 
you know, people go to a new country and there's a dominant culture there and there's a certain thing of way to assimilate to. And that's been a big discussion now with Europeans and Muslims and all this, you know, Islamophobia and all this types of shit. But the Latinos and Arabs, for example, saying nigga, sagging, hip hop slang, all that shit, that is being shown and evident of groups of people that are assimilating to a culture that may not be the dominant in numbers, but it's dominant in some other regard, right? Because you're getting white kids that have these racist-ass parents, Latinos and Arabs and all other kids too, and Indians and Pakistanis that probably do have parents, a lot of them, that don't really fuck with black people, don't necessarily fuck with the color of their skin or fuck with a group of people, but don't like the images that they see when they open up liquor stores and gas stations and, and smoke shops and shit like that near black neighborhoods and seeing this type of level of society. So they don't like seeing the violence. They don't like seeing the shit. They don't like seeing 20-year-olds on, the, on their corner selling drugs and shit like that. And they want their kids to have a better future. So immigrants then are want to adopt, but they also want to exceed in something better than what they had before, right? Why would they want to raise kids on the streets of this new country when they could have stayed in their country and watched their kids stay on the streets? No, they came because for a brighter future. And it takes a certain level to get from those places to the U.S. than it is just to get to Europe. Sure, getting to Europe is hard for a lot of people. But that's why, for example, in the case of Arabs, usually Arabs in Europe come from much poorer and much less education than Arabs in the U.S. It's just... It's just a fact. The poorest and the richest of a place are not the ones to migrate. It's the middle class. It's the people that got a little something that could gather something, could develop some perspective. Because if I'm rich, why would I leave? I'm rich here. Why would I start somewhere over and be poor in a new place? And if I'm really poor, like all the Venezuelans that I've met in, in, in Spain and a lot of them that you'll see in the U.S. too, not all, but where a lot of them going to come from? Caracas. They're going to come from the capital. You know, a lot of people that come from the small, like my mom comes from the south, comes from like small ass town. There's not a lot of people from there that are going to be seeking out to go out over the world. You know what I mean? And other places too, the poor are not going to be the ones to leave. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. So to get to the U.S., the type of migrants you got coming here is already different. It's already right off the bat. We're looking at the same location, but we're not looking at the same class and type of migrants. Not with the same ambition, not with the same images, same education, same perspectives, all that shit. So that whole conversation of Muslim this, Muslim this, whether it's an American or a European conversation, got to be completely separated simply because of the geographics. Geographics? Is that a word? Of the geography of the situation. You know what I'm saying? You hopping on boats, trying to cross the Mediterranean Sea. You trying to sneak in through the gates of um, Spain actually has a part in, in Morocco. It's called Melilla, if I'm not mistaken. And there's like a fence there. And people actually, have Vox made a, uh, a stupid YouTube video on it. And there's a movie called Adu on it too, on Netflix. So you have that aspect. And you have, I mean, what we assimilate to then should show what the dominant culture is. For me, it was always black. I saw white leaders say dumb shit, do dictator shit, like blowing up and fucking up the places we all come from, whether it was Latin America or the, uh, the Middle East and, of course, climate refugees. So they get mad when we come over. Well, no shit. You left us with shit. So, you know, this representation, representation thing is crazy. Like, you know, I had a, a couple... Uh, uh, friends that I met at a camp in Scotland, and they were German. I think their father was from an immigrant from Iran, and they kept going over. You know why the fuck we so obsessed with representation? Like uh, you know having this black leader or this or whatever, and people say black and, and and women, but what will they actually do? 
because I asked them a question about Germany having a female leader in regards to being a woman growing up in Germany versus, you know, a white dude growing up and seeing a, a white leader, male leader in, their, in the U.S. or whatever. And they're like, yeah, why do you guys get obsessed with those things when it's something always contingent on what is the actual result going to be? You know what I'm saying? African countries and Middle Eastern countries get led by African and Arab leaders and get fucked by them, too. White leaders like Trump fuck over white people, too. They don't care about the white trash Appalachian whites they appeal to. I mean, under Obama, like, hella people got deported, I think, like, the most. Like, that's, like, one of the one fact Trump mentioned about Obama that was true. So what is the inclination of having this VP, which VP is, like, the weakest position in the country anyway. You know what I'm saying? Unless she's probably planning on becoming president, Kamala Harris becoming president when Biden, you know, can't fucking do shit because he's obviously losing it. So the whole idea of this representation thing and seeing other people that look like you do great things. You know, I have a friend from... Uh, from Israel and him and other international people always saw Obama as black-ish. That they elect, that he always said that they they elected Obama and not Tyrone. You know what I'm saying? They elected a dude that was raised by a white woman, grew up in Hawaii, on papers, the whitest ever. And that's the best thing about Obama, in my opinion. It wasn't him, you know, shooting corner threes. It was the fact that he could look the way he did and carry him and his entire family so amazingly. And then still get shown how fucking they were shitted on. That's why to me it was no surprise that someone like Trump would get elected right after Obama. Even though Obama seemed like such a great change right after Bush. But it's like, well, no shit. We tried. They wanted someone on paper so good. It wasn't going to fucking happen. So obviously that this thing is, this racism thing is on the surface level of still seeing somebody black. That's the thing in, you know you can see in Spain too. It's like they might, they'll still make fun of Chinese people, but they're like, oh shit, but Chinese own stores. Like we go to their stores to buy shit, but they don't, they still will never fuck with black people. It doesn't matter how much cash you carry. It doesn't matter how well looking you are or whatever, you know, how hardworking you are. You're still black. You still can't change that fact about you of how people going to look and, and treat you you know what i'm saying i could walk around and try to be polite someone old is still gonna call me a muslim or some dumb shit on the streets because just about how i look to them i'm a rockin' to them i could be mexican to someone else you know tomorrow it doesn't make a fucking difference like with this whole curfew thing my whole strategy is like i don't really give a fuck about the time where the cops stopping me some shit like that i just speak complete english i won't know a word of spanish because they're not gonna fuck with me if I'm this American student that's part of their economy. That's a, tourism is the biggest thing running this shit. So is it is it fucked up? Yeah, but it's, it's, it's the reality of it. And, you know, one in three black Latinos in the U.S. being going to jail for at some point in their lifetime is a pretty fucked up statistic to have over our heads, over over the head as a country. You know what I mean? If you got a statistic running around like that, if you got so many of this, again, comparing ourselves to developed countries, we got the most in prison. I guess, I don't know, a way to help ourselves is to compare ourselves to the third world. Where are all these immigrants coming from? Which immigrant culture is always the dominant culture? You know, we talk about Irish, Italians, and Jews. And it's like, yeah, they were not American. They were so hated on. That's what the State Department was trying to avoid. And our southern Mexican border was left wide the fuck open. Because we needed the labor force. But we were so concerned with people that were surface level white. They had white skin. But Irish were still the black people of Europe. Italians were still Catholics. And Jews are always Jews. So we didn't want those three. But those are like our OGs. And a way to carry yourself. Whether you're a native or an immigrant. Is to look at what new people in your country are fucking doing. Those are always the best examples to see of what to fucking do. 
You know what I mean? That's why Harvard was so fucking pissed off with Asians applying to the school. It's not like they didn't want Asians. It's just that the small minority of Asians in this country have done so fucking well for themselves on the education level and the way they raise their kids that they had to put them to a higher standard in the applications because otherwise it would be so fucking hard to choose who to pick from. They fucked themselves up by sending all the, most of them Asian applications were so fucking good. Like, fuck, who do we pick? Otherwise, it's just going to be only Asian schools and they don't want that. They used to have quotas, right? They used to have Jewish quotas where if like Jews were 1, 2% of the population, so universities would only have 2% of their, um, of their, um, fuck, of their enrollment, of the students being Jews. So they would literally send back people. This was like, I think, even the mid 20th century, if I'm not mistaken. They would send back to Jewish students, like, I'm sorry, we've fulfilled our quotas. And so this is why you're being denied that, you know, we've, we got enough. We got 2% Jews. That's it. Perfectly. So it's, it's, it's fucked up all the way around. How long have I been talking? 16 minutes. God damn. I'm kind of hungry. It's like 11 p.m. right now. And I haven't cooked. But I'm not that hungry either. I just had these juices flowing. I had these notes and shit. I was like, oh shit, I got to record because I missed that. A lot of the episodes have been uploaded. Have been, I think all of them have, were like pre-recorded back in September. I had one night where I just recorded like episode after episode after episode. And I was like, oh fuck, I'm going to put this all season eight. And I would just been like, and I put one out every week. But I like it when it's fresh, when it's right off the press. You know what I'm saying? When it's like extra, extra, read all about it, that type of shit. I don't know if y'all ever watched the Newsies, but that was one of my favorite uh, movies growing up. I didn't even used to see it like as a musical or not. Uh, I wouldn't even put it like in its own category, just, you know, just in general movie uh, with uh, Christian Bale. And I'm pretty sure the director is the same director of High School Musical. But this movie came out like in 92. These kids in New York, uh, you know, didn't have parents and shit. And they're out on the streets selling papers all fucking day. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's a dope movie, and them trying to unionize and get all the kids in New York together, and it's, it's a it's a dope ass movie. What else was I gonna say? I hope I about circulated myself well enough here. I've been trying to like bridge a whole bunch of things, and it's like otherwise, instead of like writing a like a legit essay and planning this shit out, I really don't know exactly how to convey all these different issues and topics. I'm not trying to come out with an argument and try to declare something. I'm just presenting shit. To discuss for discussion's sake. You know what I'm saying? Asking questions. That's what this podcast is all about. Asking questions. Just like thinking of shit. And sharing that. And of course, you know, some people are going to be like, freak the fuck out what you got to say. But, hey, we can't sit down and talk about shit. Then what the fuck we going to do? That's literally all we have. Whether you a kid in kindergarten or you old as fuck shitting yourself in a retirement home. You're going to have to sit down and talk to somebody. You, you know, the one thing COVID taught us, you can't get through this shit alone life in general we need some some people of course like more contact with people than others but we need something and i can't wait to this whole you know of course we're gonna deal with pandemics and shit in the future but hugging people man i can't wait to be on the streets and just hug motherfuckers for no fucking reason i'm talking long ass hugs too not no not no like public dry hump shit i'm just talking like legit loving hugs you know what i'm saying where you get your arms around no church hugs no side hugs none of that bullshit a legit hug and just Get back to fucking with people. Get back to having these conversations and dapping people up. You know, all types of shit. I think... How long have I been talking? I think 19 minutes is good. Under 20. You know, under 20. What is that? Like a Netflix episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine or some shit around that mark? Let me see. Just check my notes real quick. <laughs> Yeah, 
Yeah, like with immigrant culture and shit, the changes of one generation to the next for the whole host country. So like from micro of me having like Arab and Latino parents is, you know, of course there's certain things, not not my micro, but just that is my micro. But in general, what you see a lot of times is that first generation, second generation is being similar to the parents, obviously, but usually coming from a thank you, but fuck you mindset. You know, it's like I'm not going to be like them. Doesn't always mean I won't be like them. So I become like the host, but it could be from like a personal micro things like habits and attitudes. You know, you might disagree uh, with your parents, you know, uh, homophobia or whatever the fuck. And you might vote for something else in the new country. But you also might have similar things from that that you carry on into the new country that maybe the native population wasn't aware of. So that's all about, you know, the whole fear of like your country changing. Well, Well, so who made it your country to to stay the same or not you know what i'm saying it's like you don't want to accept muslims into your european country because they're against you know homophobia or whatever you got re- religious christians that are way against homophobia fucking too you know what i'm saying so what difference does that really make change is the only thing change is inevitable whether you wh- whoever you have whoever you started with or not so it's, it's fucking crazy for me and of course if i'm in europe and we're thinking of generations of white people being there that's different that's that to me like i can see why some white people would be so hesitant but if you white in the u.s like most probably you were at one point like again the italians irish and jews you weren't considered white so you have the anglo-saxon white protestants the wasps white anglo-saxon protestant yeah the wasps yeah you coming from england okay i get it but even you we can trace your history not so far long ago of you being the stupid ass colonizer and then trying to you know fucking up the natives and shit that doesn't go too far long back. So then it goes back, okay, if we want to rectify things, then who should we really give this land back to? You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a bunch of crazy conversation. We're trying to bridge all this history and new shit together while dealing with new shit, carrying baggage of old shit. And this transition is fucking crazy. This old to the new shit is, is, is fucking crazy. But I'm dropping some um, some new music hopefully out soon. And the title of the project, the title of this mixtape is going to be Old to New. And the first track is Old to New, which I've written back in May and put it on my SoundCloud. But we, I've edited it a little bit. And uh, my homie Nefta, my producer friend here in, in Spain, made a, a beat around it too. So it's going to be cool. It's going to be the first track in um, in the eight track list, I think. Old to New. So yeah, that's all the news I got to share. That's all the things I want to get out today. Thank you so much for listening. If you made it this far, I really appreciate it. And uh, yeah, how me, you know, say some shit like... Tweet me, uh, message me, the Captain Hummus. Um, I forgot my password for the Unfiltered Vitamin Z Instagram. I was going to be uploading and doing shit there too. But yeah, I got to figure out a way to get back into the account. And um, shooting blanks now. All right. Take care. You know what I'm saying? These rhymes ain't mine, but they're still worth to share. I say it's worth it. I want to say it's fair. Find your purpose or you're wasting air. You know what I'm saying? Rest in peace, neighborhood nip. Take it easy, y'all. Much love. Peace.